Activate your energy. Welcome to the Activated Authors Podcast, a show where we distill the core principles of what it takes to become a happy, healthy, and productive author, no matter what stage of the journey you're at. I'm your host, Daniel Wilcox. I'm an international best-selling author, as well as an author coach, speaker, and creative entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of all things productivity, psychology, and human behavior. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. What's up, Activators? Welcome back to another episode of the Activated <laughs> on this podcast. Yo, what? <laughs> Do it again. Better. No. I'm Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single week is Samantha Frost. Hi, Sam. How's it going? Uh, apparently, I've lost the uh, autonomy and ability to say my own name. But apart from that, it's good. How's it going with you? Who are you? I don't know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. Are you? Yes. Cool. You're doing as well as I am. Yes. Awesome. Do we do the how you doing thing or do we just skip straight into the, I think we kind of have to address a little bit now, otherwise it's going to feel unsatisfying. (laughs) I am in the throes of a lot, quite a lot of personal bullshit, which is very, very, uh, I guess, timely with this episode, considering what we decided we're going to name it. Um, Mm. But yeah, it's a ongoing journey and it's hard man like there's, there's no way to kind of like cloak it like things are very very difficult at the minute like we we talk a lot about how your personal life and your business life and everything else has to be in not balance the word balance is wrong here um congruent i guess and don't mind the, if you do i don't mind if i do it at the minute my the personal side of things is taking up a lot of energy which has meant yeah. kind of really trying to be kind to myself, put down the things that aren't 100% vital and focus on the things that need my attention. Um, And in some ways they're positive, in other ways they're very, very not. It's all very, very draining. Um, I'm not going to go into specifics of it on the podcast. But yeah, that's kind of where I am. I'm trying to swim. Yeah. (laughs) Man, it has been like, it has been a year, Sam. I mean, more than a year, but 2023 has been a total upfuckery. And I am proud of how I'm dealing with it. I'm very proud of how I'm dealing with it. Compared to, proud. yeah, compared to, you know, how things have been in the past and the ways that I've dealt with things have been just to work harder and grind harder and all that kind of stuff. Um, and mentally, I'm in a fairly solid place. But it is just very, very tiring at the minute. And yeah. I'm trying to remind myself of, you know, the reasons why things are happening, the important things I need to focus on. And, you know, as much as we've we've always got things that we want to be doing. Yes. And we can't always get to those things. <laughs> Until we are given the opportunity to do them. And then we go on our phones. But yes, I agree. Exactly. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so that's where I'm at. How about you, Sam? Well, Daniel, I'm having a full existential crisis. That's that's where I'm at. I'm sat in the cosmos of, um, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. My body is still not working. Um, more tests have been had. They still can't find anything. Um, and what they can find, they fuck up. What they can find, they fuck up. Um, we have 
we have now thoroughly ruled out my vagina as the source of my pain, um, which, I mean, it, there's a first time for everything because most of my life, that bitch has got That's got to be a great name for an autobiography. My vagina is not the source of my pain. Mm-hmm. For this this once. Uh-huh. She's made many bad decisions in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a writing podcast, guys. Welcome. If this is your first time listening to it, it doesn't all sound like this. We do get into some writing craft stuff, but for now, we yeah. shall carry on with Sam's vagina. <laughs> but at least she's not taking the mic. Um, I love that I'm giving her it, its own personality. <laughs> Stop. Sam's <laughs> dying. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I had a CT scan and I also had um, a plethora of um, ultrasounds, uh, one of which is the internal ultrasound. They call it a transvaginal ultrasound, which I I just wish they would, like, call it what it is so you know what you're going in for. Like, this is a up the one. An up the <laughs> one. An up the one scan. Which yeah. many, um, and... Yeah, I'm here so... for my up the one. <laughs> yeah, here for my up the one. What's your name, please? <laughs> um, and yeah, like they both like ruled out things like hernias, all that kind of stuff. Which, um, like, right. a lot of the time you very much don't think it's that, but they have to like rule it out so they can do other tests. You know, it's a checklist of stuff they have to say. It's not that before they get to, onto other things. Um, and my. CT scan was like, yeah, all her organs are, the word they used was unremarkable and it really pissed me off. <laughs> tell you. Um, Have you met my organs? Right. Um, and my left ovary was noted as prominent uh, with a large cyst within it. Mm. And, um, but that's quite, that can be quite normal because ovaries change size during a woman's cycle and like cysts are often a way that like eggs are released all that kind of stuff so it's it's like unless it gets infected or anything like that it's not a problem um and on my ultrasound my left ovary was apparently fine uh, but my right ovary was enlarged uh with a I can't, uh, I can't remember what they said i think it was a follicle noted within it which just means that's where my eggs coming from next time but the fun part is um, these scans were a day apart, so one of the technicians doesn't know the left from the right because I cannot imagine that within a day, like an accordion, my ovaries have been like. Burr, 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 mm-hmm. Um, all this to say, none of that is relevant to the pain, but um, yet another thing that pissed me off. That's got nothing to do with my existential crisis. Um, I already knew that the technicians were shit. I'm just trying to figure out who I am what i want and why am i why am i 37 what's the pain why can't i do anything and what is life and what have you determined so far um i'm 37 because i was born in 86 yeah that is maths yeah it's a journey man it's about that's about where i'm at but yeah i'm trying like Mm -hmm. i am just yeah, it's my mental health is not <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, Although I did mention on um last week's podcast that we went off to the medieval festival and had a whale of a time. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. That was pretty That's badass. Funny. Absolutely. Loved his life for that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I made accidental chain mail on Bailey, even though it wasn't it wasn't planned. He just happened to wear a grey hoodie and it worked very, very well. Yeah. 
because my insomnia was like making my tabard mm-hmm. <laughs> on the sewing machine. Done. And then the video room was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The- it was a very happy accident. It was very, very good. But yeah. what is what is something that you've enjoyed this week, Sam? Well, I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago, but as like this we've been week sporadic, um, and I'm still enjoying it, is because of uh, my health and everything, um, I have put on a considerable amount of weight because I'm not moving around a lot at all and I'm not eating very well because I'm feeling sorry for myself constantly. So I'm consuming packets of cookies um, like that's a meal requirement. Um, And as a result, I've been feeling very uncomfortable in my body and my skin and a lot of my clothes like have not been fitting very well. And like if this was a couple of years ago, I would be feeling very guilty about the fact um, that my clothes don't fit and all the rest of it. and But I would refuse to buy anything to make myself more comfortable because mm-hmm. I was told as a child, like, if you put on weight, don't buy the next size up because that's just giving yourself permission to get fat. Um, which is, you know, horrendous because it doesn't matter what size you are, you are a human being and you're entitled to be comfortable and feel fabulous. But of course, when I was a child, that was not <laughs> that was not a widely held opinion. Um, but yeah, went to Primark, didn't we? And I got some men's t-shirts and some men's boxer shorts. And obviously, I'm not wearing them at the moment because I'm in my uniform. But I have been living in them things, and my God, mm-mm-mm, comfy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've enjoyed. Just allowing my body to be the size it is, and wearing things that don't make me feel like a um loosely held sit sneeze in a sausage skin uh well it comes back to um being kind to yourself doesn't it i mean yeah like you can still want to better yourself but accept the work needs to be done while allowing yourself to be comfortable because you know i've got a bunch of shirts in my drawer that i had a couple of years ago that don't fit for multiple reasons i've got a bit bigger my shoulders got bigger like and when you're wearing something that's super tight and restrictive like it's just a constant reminder all day that yeah you know it's, it doesn't it's, like it doesn't feel good doesn't unless, look good doesn't feel good unless like you're wearing something that is supposed to be tight and you're comfortable and confident in your body mm-hmm. in which case you feel awesome i've worn many a bodycon dress and be like yes i am that bitch but ha. at the moment i don't feel that way about myself so i don't want to be like oh yeah my my socks are skin tight just saying, I am so proud of my feet. Right, I was like, you do know they're supposed to be. I didn't know where that was going for a second. You never yeah. want baggy socks? That sounds horrible. Oh, no. Yeah. Why would anyone wear baggy socks? No. Yeah, I've I got, I, I got nothing anyway. Cool. Um, Moving on, what's a win this week? No, what have you enjoyed this week, Dan? Because you matter too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um... You know what? I had a thing and it's totally totally sipped. It's been um a very go 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 week. I've enjoyed having Bailey for quite a considerable amount of summer holidays and spending mm-hmm. time with him. That's been wonderful. Um and I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most at the minute is that <laughs> I somehow I say somehow I've I've roped myself into playing quite a chunk of Minecraft. And I found ways to play online with other people 
yeah which means i've got like a small community going of close people that i play with and it's a good way just to get a bit of like downtime and just unwind no i mean it's good it's a very simple game but it's challenging and you can craft it's good all for you play minecraft it's not it's not like a game that i particularly enjoy but like you know me, I love it. When someone loves something and is passionate about something, it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. It makes me happy just to see them do that thing. But what I'm loving is your choice of words on I've got a small community uh-huh. of close people that I play with. Yeah, translated Miles and Bailey. Your <laughs> <laughs> son and my son. <laughs> yes. But it's nice because it's like, a way to to connect and to play and like because it's all he gets in... so happy when he sees your little name pop. It's like that's a line. Yeah, and because it's all contributing together. Like, I'm not going to go into specifics of Minecraft for people that don't know how to play. Just think like digital Lego. It's it's quite good. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that's entertaining at the minute. So that's what I got. Nice. Uh, our win from the community this week goes to the wonderful Sarah Louise. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah, it says, uh, does not throwing my laptop out of the window in frustration count as a weekly win? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it Oh, does. yeah. Um, apparently, there was website issues. So she said, I feel that was an achievement in itself. The amount of times that it feels like the universe has decided that it's picking on you today. Don't. Like, and, you know, it's... It's part of the human condition, isn't it? We are like narcissistic beings. Mm-hmm. We we're aware that like there's what like seven eight billion people in the world. I mean, you can't hold that number in your head, obviously. Um, but eight yet, still, uh, but because we're like in our <clears throat> heads, we only see things through our own lens. Unless we specifically make the choice to try and see through other people's eyes and all the rest of it. But as a default, especially when you're having a bad day, it does feel like the universe has gone, do you know what? Everyone else have a day off. You, bitch. Yeah, you're on. (laughs) The eye of Sauron has moved. Yeah. And in those moments, it is absolutely a win to not, like, punch a wall, uh, run over a child, or throw a laptop out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was, like, last week, one evening last week, I had a a night where I was like, I'm just going to chill. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just gonna do something that I want to do, so I sat down and I started to do some stuff on the computer. Yeah, hey, 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 how did that go for you? I spent 20 minutes dealing with customer service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to finding everything loading incredibly slowly, uh-huh. and uh, if I wasn't already on a stoic kick, I might have punched my computer in the face. You got me as a face. Yeah, <laughs> the face, the computer oh, face, yeah, cool. the oh, face. Yeah. The face, okay, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, the computer face. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> that commonly held phrase, the face of my computer. Yeah, it's on the face. Yeah, just the face look at the face. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Watch, it's got face. Why can't computers? So, Sarah, well done. <laughs> well done, Sarah. You didn't smash your computer's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, into this week's question. Okay, so my question is, how do I break through my own bullshit? Context, go. No, go. No, joking. Um, A very hard chisel. (laughs) Yeah, I've been been sat in it in a while. It is calcified. Um, No, so, I mean, obviously this can kind of apply to any situation or, or kind of like pattern that you have that 
you've noticed kind of coming around again and again. But for me specifically, it's how do I break through the bullshit that I tell myself about actually publishing a book, mm. but actually like once I have created something, then taking the next steps because I have noticed a lot that since I kind of joined um well back back in boot camp that like my rate of finishing things has gone down considerably because the second I signed up for that it felt more um official and so the way I'm clearly protecting myself um from making it scary is by not actually finishing stuff so because if it's not finished it can't go out there um and obviously you know like disclaimer yes I've been very ill yes my mental health is a big part of it but at the same time there are times where I do have good days and there are you know it it doesn't you don't have to do it all at once I could find little moments here and there to keep pushing forward and I find it extremely difficult to take those steps it feels almost like that's the thing for other people mm -hmm. and it's the same as um, when I was an actor. It feels very much like there's safety in being a big fish in a small pond. So there's safety in like being around my friends and family that don't write and don't act and don't create like stuff to be um, consumed by people. Um, there's, there's safety in showing them things and then being like, oh, aren't you clever? Hmm. But then, you know, I'm like, well, yeah, because they're going to think that because they don't do these things. But the second, obviously, you put stuff in, out into the wider world, it's no longer like, aren't you clever? You are a tiny, tiny fish in a galaxy ocean. That makes sense? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, for me, that's my bullshit at the minute. Um, and I don't even know if I've described it properly that's kind of the best that I've got in me at the moment as to kind of where it's at give context of yeah I think um, you know it's worth it's worth saying this and I mean this with all the positivity and all the love like you do work quite differently to the mainstream in yes yeah I think I think we can kind of accept that like you are very creatively fueled you love um your emotions come out a lot in your art and you're very sort of led where your passions go, um, yeah. which is a blessing and a curse in yeah. depending, depending how you look at it. Um, I think one of the points that you brought up that I do think is um, very, very prevalent is I know we speak a lot about joining communities and having all the, the people support you. Um, when I was first publishing my first book, I didn't have any community. I, I just did it all myself. I did it because that was what I wanted to do. And that was the only lens I had. And so sometimes there is a danger if, you, if you're going into big communities too soon and you're seeing all these success stories and you're seeing all these people do things in a certain way, there's suddenly a pressure inside you to go, this is what I have to do. If I'm to get the results that they're doing, I have to follow the steps that they're going through to do that thing. And again, I mean this with um, no disrespect at all, like it works for people, but it was one of the reasons that I stopped following the 20 books to 50k Facebook group because I was... You know, at the time I was earning maybe a few hundred pounds a month through fiction. I had my own schedule that was working for me. And then every time I went on there, I was seeing people make, you know, 300 grand in a month and all this kind of stuff. And it, it really can obscure and cloud your vision because you're immediately going from 
what do I want? What am I capable of? And what are my goals into, okay, if I want that, I have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. So like, I can fully understand, you know, how um, the environment that activated authors facilitate sometimes doesn't work for you because, you know, you are multi-passionate. You have all these different things going uh, in, in different directions. And I think with things like publishing, there's a lot of useful information for how to publish a book, how to like, you know, get into the draft. Obviously when you joined was boot camp and it was all about getting that draft down. Um, but it's not for everyone in in that particular way. And it can cloud um, your motivations, your passions and, and, and how you work. All that said, um, overcoming your bullshit is, it's it's hard. It's It's a real tricky thing to do because if the obstacle wasn't there or if you could overcome it it wouldn't be a problem yeah but like you say it's kind of been a few years of and I I think I pointed this out to you like creating you're fantastic at just getting the thing down getting it done like first drafts bam finish like you've done that thing and then once you've created the work it's it is then moving it into okay this is no longer just for me I'm now considering what this looks like in the eyes of other people (laughs) one way that I used to overcome that and I've veered off a little bit but that's by the by um one of the ways I used to look at that is anything that I wrote was for me like it really like I didn't have expectations of putting it out into the market and making a crap load of money like would that be nice yes but you know I did I I've, I've always tried to center myself on the reassurance if I've done everything that I can to the book that I'm happy with then I don't care about the negative reviews because they're often given by people that would never put in this work and would never put themselves out there in the way that I have um the positive reviews even those I'm like cool like it found the right people but like I'm the one who's still winning here because I've finished the thing that I set out to do um and so there's the imposter syndrome side of it of who am I to, to put the stuff out there there's the um the confidence side of like you say suddenly putting yourself under the light of of being judged but then there's also often uh a phase as well of of almost overwhelming yourself with different projects because to publish is a big thing and i think that is something that i definitely forget on a regular basis i think it's Mm -hmm. something that um we can take for granted especially a lot of people in the author community who have published a fair few books and are teaching people that haven't yet published is it's it is a big project and it's a big thing and you know you've got so many different stages of it if you want to create a quality product that you can put out there and be proud of and so reminding yourself that it is a big thing and so if you have because i i i was quite similar early on but i've known people who haven't yet published a book that are like i've got already like five different series planned out i've got this i've got this and it's like just finish the one the reason yeah. i started with a novella that was you know sixteen thousand words was because well that wasn't even my, my first one my first book that i published was the stage play mm-hmm. and that was something I'd already reworked so all I was doing with that was formatting it and seeing if I could publish and then when it came to write my first piece of fiction I started what I believe to be quite small it was 16,000 words mm-hmm. and so that is very very different to a novel um once I published so let, let me do a little timeline just to kind of put perspective in here the first book I ever published was I would probably say the beginning of 2015 and that was the play over the course of 2015 I reworked the 16,000 word book and published that in the October. So that's a good eight, nine months of working on a small book Mm -hmm. that I had no expectations of. 
I didn't know anything about the world of indie publishing. I just knew that I wanted a book on my shelf. Nine months. So the only pressure I had was mine. Can I get this into my house? Done. After that, 2015, the next book I published wasn't until uh, I believe it was early or mid-2017 was They Rock that I published with Luke. Mm -hmm. And that book was working with someone. So I had someone there to metaphorically hold my hand and like boy each other along we're excited we had that passion because we were doing it together but the whole production of that book that ended up being about I think 55,000 words so a small novel arguably um was a good year year and a half and that was after already publishing a small book and after already knowing how to publish so all in all to get from that first publishing experience to getting my first novel out in the world was two and a half three years yeah. And then once that first novel came out, it was another year until the next one. And then they started increasing. So the timescales, I think when you're first learning all the craft, again, like a lot of what we see are people that have been honing their craft and publishing and publishing and doing their thing and doing the thing. And they have that confidence built already. But like the point of your question is, you know, how how do you get that first start? How do you overcome to the point you've gone, OK, I've finally got something out into the world. I've got the first because mm -hmm. mentally once the first is done a lot of the pressure yeah. goes not all of it i think him because mm -hmm. i've got um a friend of mine who uh, i met a few months ago is just about to release his first published book to through traditional publishing um all the promotions going very well it's getting a lot of like repute it's a fantastic book i've been reading through it myself and he's now working on his second book and we were in a conversation the other day and he was having some troubles there and sometimes the second book can it's, if the first book hits critical success the second book is very, difficult very second album syndrome yes exactly yeah whereas you know if you put a first book out and that's just for you which is what i did then every book there is just an incremental improvement um so i'm going to take a bit of a break just because i know i've been speaking a lot has anything come up there that you want to push on or ask or expand on or yeah so i think like as you were talking a lot of the um a lot of the things you're saying like resonated but also like how to say it like I feel like because I said this to you like before I um joined boot camp like I was quite happy happy sat on my bed like going through slowly um like hero's journey and just just trying to formalize my understanding of story structure and kind of that kind of stuff because I have like in an eight not in eight um not even it uh, I guess it is more intuition really just because you know I've been telling stories for a long time one way or another because of like being an actor and you know I've written like things for my family and that kind of stuff so like I do understand like act structures and things like that um but I was like, this is a big thing. And for me, I want to know that I know what it is. And then I do think that I put myself obviously on a big timeline for um, getting that first draft and book done. But I feel, I guess, like I've been put on a bit of, well, not even put, like, I feel like I've dropped, been dropped on a conveyor belt. Um, and I'm, I'm, it's moving too fast for me mm -hmm. and I don't know how much of that <clears throat> is because I'm allowing myself to get swept away in other people's processes in other mm -hmm. people's goals how much of that is just like 
plain fear um, of, you know, doing something and putting it out there. And how much of that is just genuine intuition on, well, I I, I do want to go back and do this again. And it's not because I'm like, it'll never be ready. I just don't feel it is ready. And I, and and it feels like no matter what alley I try and turn down, it doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. And yeah, I think like I there's definitely overwhelm in there, and it's muddying mm-hmm. waters of like of me understanding what's what, because there gets to a point, and like for example, with the poetry stuff, again, yes, like I've been very very not well since April um but there is something and I think it's like a big anxiety trigger for me where like I understand what it is to sit down by myself and write or sit down by myself and paint and draw and that that thing to me is a familiar thing um even you know when I'm starting like a new avenue of creativity for it so for example using my sewing machine to make a tabard for the first time it there's still a comfort in there because it's just me on my own figuring stuff out and I enjoy that but then when it gets into like the publishing side of things there's definitely there's definitely like a a big level of unknown I don't understand the steps even when someone explains them to me um because I've not done them before it's like um I find it very difficult to go into like a new restaurant that I've never been in before yeah I can't be the first one in because it makes me feel like so uncomfortable I immediately want to turn around and leave and there is definitely a layer of that as well so there's there's all these different things that are going on um and it and also there's just that voice in me that's like you're just making excuses and it's Yeah. So, so one of the things I, I hope you don't mind me sharing. Um, I guess but... we're going to find out. <laughs> so, if there's a sudden cut in the audio, that's and that's <laughs> why we're back now. Um, at the, at the... <laughs> no. So, one of the things that um, I know that you've kind of spoken about before is uh, there is an internal need for validation. Your locus of validation is external rather than internal. And I think, I think this is very, very important for people listening to this podcast. People who um, are potentially exploring self-publishing is maybe self-publishing isn't necessarily for you or maybe it's not for you solo and what I mean by that is if you are the type of person who is creative and loves pouring the juice into the project and shaping it and getting it as best as they can but then suddenly is hit with this fear it can be one of two things like you say it's either the fear that you can push through to overcome to learn the things that you don't know to be able to go through that process to do it or it might just be a case of you need to find another way to get your book published. So, you know, self-publishing, we talk about a lot. It's not the only avenue. We know this, like, you know, no, yeah. there are agents, there are publishers, there are small presses. There's lots of different places where you could send your book and just cast off all of that stuff that you don't need. Cause that way you have someone from the minute they say they're going to publish it. You've got that confirmation. They're going to champion your work. Hopefully, you know, you've got to yeah. still be careful about who you pick and do your research from your side. Um, or even, you know, you could pick a collaborative partner who would handle the publishing side for you. And then you give them the book and they go and do all the business admin side of stuff. Like there are 
lots of different ways to do it. Um, and I think as well, uh, one of the hardest things, not even just about being an author, but about being a creative, is anytime you start something, you have no idea what it's going to do. Like the only thing you can control is obviously the creation of the art. Um, and the only way that you can guide whether or not, because I, I constantly have a flurry of projects that I'm like, oh, I'm excited by this, but I can't do this yet. I, I can't do this yet. And you can either let yourself be guided by your emotions and your heart and the things that you want to do, the things that bring you fulfillment, or you can guide yourself by the data. And what I mean by that is, you know, what is, you like, you can go through trending things. If you've already published a few books, like, is it, if you've published six books and you're reaping a lot of money because people are buying through a series, is it then suited to your goals to then do something that's a bit more for yourself? Maybe, maybe not. Like, it's not up to me to make that decision for you. Mm. But, and it's hilarious for people who aren't watching on YouTube. Sam's face, as I said the word data, was a masterpiece. <laughs> because, and I know why, it's because it's like, it's quite a harsh business term. And yeah. one, of the th one of the things I try and get across to people, like business, business does a good way of masking itself as this elevated, profound thing that is like, it can be very corporate. And the people that speak the corporate language are, in assholes and like half the time like when i was in the corporate world i'd sit in meetings and I'd be like can't we just speak this in plain english like like there are just more accessible yeah. ways to say things data is literally just information like it's just literally like looking at a map and going okay this way has traffic and this way doesn't yeah so I'm gonna... it, it it leaves me cold that stuff mm -hmm. so then potentially you know the options there are do you work through overcoming what is a mental barrier and trying to understand more of that kind of stuff, which, you know, takes a lot of self-work, takes a lot of like research, understanding. Um, do you then push through and hustle through trying to learn all the publishing side of stuff? Or do you look at yourself as an artist and go, I'm going to create art and then I'm going to try and put that out into the world and give that to people who are potentially better suited to put stuff out for me. Mm. I don't, I don't think that's something you've ever like spoken about with you because I know that you know from my side of things I'm very very sort of self-published and do a lot of stuff put stuff out myself but it's a potential consideration and I think you know it is as I say very very relevant to a lot of people listening to this podcast that self-publishing isn't for everybody sorry I just realized my face what my face was doing so I've just I've reset it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no I, I think it's it's a hefty question um you know because you're looking at mindset you're looking at processes you're looking at a lot of what your goals and your, your sort of vision is for what you want I think um when I'm overwhelmed one of the things I do do <laughs> is just sit down and write all the things I'm working on and then really try to be critical about what my big goal is and so one of the things that i have done over the last few weeks is really taking a step back from a lot of like my collaborations i've shut down one of the arms of my business because they weren't bringing me closer to my goal which is a very personal goal at the minute it's got mm. nothing to do with business or anything like that um but i've had to take those steps to focus and accept that this is kind of the season of my life that i'm in yeah it's a lot to think about yeah. I think we'll be having a conversation off air. Yeah, I've got a lot of shifting 
there's a lot of questions I have coming off that like for example what happens if your main goal keeps shifting and you don't really know what it is but you know yeah that's for another time yeah because I feel like that could be quite a deep question yeah and like you know what if you constantly in any books that you read about self-improvement say that it says that um and I'm paraphrasing here to kind of get anywhere um in regards to success you can't be ruled by emotions you like you have to do the things no matter how you feel um and like what happens when like that is something that isn't a physical possibility for you because of how your brain works and yeah it's just there's a lot existential crisis there's mm-hmm. a lot going on uh in my head at the minute yeah with, with that kind of stuff but yeah there we go that's what yeah. i got yeah i hope it helps someone because <laughs> yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm still yes it's um oh excuse me um it's one of those things where i'm loath to get too into certain parts of the conversation because they're going to be more focused and prevalent for you yeah yeah um, yeah. there's no like we can have that conversation like yeah, th- yeah. this isn't the let's help sam podcast no <laughs> i mean maybe it should be oh <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> i've got no idea <laughs> i've killed dan well, we at can, least I'm not talking about my vagina anymore. We can call it in, insanity. But I think just, you know, pulling together a kind of um, rounding off of this, like, there's a lot there um, to think about. Because, you know, mental blocks are always going to get in the way of publishing. There's a reason that the percentages of people who finish a book are so low, and even then people yeah. that publish a book are so low. And a reminder always is the more you get into these kind of communities the more of these kind of podcasts and everything else it begins to feel like you're surrounded by authors but we really are a small percentage of people in the world um, yeah 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 yeah. it can be very very noisy but again like you walk out the front door try and find an author it will take you some time unless you mm-hmm. live near me um <laughs> but but ultimately <laughs> when it comes to overcoming the stuff that is holding you back talking talking out stuff like this um even better if you do it on air and publish it for people to yeah. see no you don't have to um but finding a what you need to do is you just need to like just long game mm-hmm. eventually get yourself in a position where you're where you're running a podcast and then just slowly turn it to be a completely a complete exercise in narcissism yes that's, yeah that's what i'm doing uh-huh but yeah talk to you know close friends about it it's it better if you can talk to someone who is potentially in the space that you're worried or concerned about um i recently joined slash helped put together a mastermind for horror writers that are sort of and i, I don't mean it's potential way but like around my level because obviously a lot of advice is aimed at like new authors and i needed some like people to elevate me in like a, a certain space of the game but finding groups like that can be very very useful mm-hmm. um t- taking the time to really sit and look in the mirror and i haven't specifically labored on this point because i say it all the time and i wanted to kind of like talk around it but knowing why you're doing it is is huge if you can understand 
you know what it is that you do want out of it whether that is just to enjoy the process and have other people enjoy it whether it's finance whether it's legacy there's lots of different reasons that people create and publish um you know a lot of people do it for education like i knew a guy at some workshop i went to that wrote what was considerably the the shittest book i ever saw but he wanted to hand it out for free at the thing and i was like thanks a free book that i'll be using to balance wonky tables um no judgment and uh yeah, by knowing what your why and what your goal is, it helps narrow everything down. So I can critically look at all the different projects I'm doing and say, okay, is this doing X? No. Okay, then I probably shouldn't be doing that. And the harsh reality is we don't have time to do all the things that we want to do in the world. So the question that I do often ask myself when I'm coming to like, you know, which fiction project should I do? Which nonfiction project should I do? X, Y, Z. Um, one of the questions <laughs> brings back uh, our old podcast favorite, Deathbed Dan. Deathbed Dan. Um, Death Dan. And I literally, I kind of in that moment just say like, what projects will I be most upset about not having done if I get to that point and I look back and go, okay, I should have done that. And you'll never truly know the answer because you only know what you know in the moment, but what can you take the most pride and um, confidence in going, okay, this is the first thing I need to do. Cool sweet okay well we will end it there um and me and sam are going to speak for the next three hours and have a lengthy conversation um yeah uh-huh um but yeah just to uh, remind people the uh, activate the author's website design service is now officially live so if you want a really awesome bumping super cool website think of it's activatedauthors.com forward slash websites and you can find out all the information over there uh sam is there anything you want to shout about no um no, don't think so. Is there? You're looking at me like I've got something. No, um, I don't think I do. No, uh, I've got, I've got, I've got a little <laughs> sword that puts my hair up. I like it. <laughs> it's not an up the one. Huh? It's not an up the one. It's not. A, no. 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 Me. So we will leave it there this week. A massive thank you to you, the listeners. <laughs> we appreciate you and the time you choose to spend with us each and every week. As always, if you're looking to level up your writing and activate your author career, head on over to activatedauthors.com. Find out all about our community, our resources, and everything else that we've got going on. One more time from myself and from Sam. We will see you next week. I'd just very quickly like to say that, considering my question, asking me if I've got anything to promote is a bit of a dick move. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Activate your energy.